Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm honored to be here today with John Hewitt, founder and CEO of Loyalty Brands. How are you doing today, John? I'm incredible. Thank you. Oh, excellent. That's a great answer. I appreciate you taking some time and spending it with us here on Business Ninjas. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and about Loyalty Brands. What's well, a long story. I've been in business 54 years, so I'll make it quick. <laughs> I started out uh, while I was at the University of Buffalo working for H&R Block and loved it. 12 years later, I was running 250 H&R Block locations. And it was 1981, and the, the world was just beginning to learn desktops. And my dad was the CFO of a public company, and he brought the first Apple by mail. And he liked the, the Apple better than the mainframe that was running his public company. So he convinced me to help him build the first tax software for an Apple. No one wanted it. It was way ahead of its time got blessed and found a company here in Virginia Beach called Mel Jackson Taxers. Mel had died. We bought six offices from this widow. We merged the two companies, changed the name to Jackson Hewitt, uh, went public. 15 years later, we sold it for $483 million. It went on to become a billion-dollar company. Uh, in the meantime, I had a three-year not-compete, but because... Jackson it wasn't in Canada, it didn't cover Canada. And since I was working for HR Block in Buffalo, I knew the Canadian Texas. So we started Liberty Tax in Canada. Within three years, became one of the top 100 retail chains. So now I've done it twice, once in US and once in Canada. Uh, in 2001, when I could be that, came back to the United States. And now not only did Liberty Tax have to compete with HR Block, the 900 pound gorilla, we had to compete with my own name and my own system and my own software at Jackson Hewitt. And yet, not only did we grow faster than HR Block or Jackson Hewitt, we grew faster than both of them combined. Top 10 fastest growing franchise or ever. We built to 4,000 locations in 12 years. And again, public company, again, worth $500 million. Again, I sold my stock and started Loyalty Brands. Loyalty Brands is a simplistically a franchisor of franchisors. We have a group of 12 different franchise systems. Okay. And, uh, we're um, adding more. Uh, we specialize in mentoring our franchisors and marketing for our franchisors. So that's my 54 years in a nutshell. That was a pretty good uh, cliff notes there. You, you've, you have scaled before people were talking about scaling. We were, uh, a, again, a blessing. A blessing. So what sort of companies are you working with now in terms of loyalty brands? Is there a niche in terms of verticals you service? We're all over the board. We have everywhere from income tax, where, again, again, I have the fastest growing income tax company in the world. Uh, I've done that with all my companies, Block, Jackson, even in Liberty. Uh, we have accounting, we have uh, inspection boys, home inspections, we have uh, Zoom and grooming, mobile grooming, 
we have insurance, we have a salt suite where you sit in a room and have salt uh, sent into the room. We just have a, a myriad of different brands um, there. Uh, and the latest is a roofing, solar, and silent. Excellent. Is there anything in particular that you can point to that has led to such consistent success in marketing and scaling businesses? Obviously, you have done as good a job of that as anyone I've ever encountered and have done it repeatedly. What, what, what's the secret of your success? I think the, the clear, well, there's, there's several things. Uh, first of all, the uh, one thing that I'm committed to is to do more for everyone else than they do for me. And as a result, I always want what's best for the other person. So when I, whether it's an employee, a customer, a franchisee, I always want what's best for that person. And I think that commitment is, shines through. And the reason we came up with the name loyalty is I have so many people loyal to me that I have, you know, we only have, uh, so far we have about 30 employees. Uh, two thirds of them have worked with me 20 years or more. So, and the only way to get loyalty is to give loyalty. And that comes from people know that, that I care, that I, that I want what's best for them. And it's, you know, it's, it's wonderful when what's best for them is best for us too. But at the end of the day, I always want what's best for people. And I think that that has gotten me, um, tons of followers or people that seize the, the dream and follow my dreams, um, because I just care about people. Uh, you're, you're preaching to the choir. I truly believe that if you, you treat people and relationships well, and you have a good idea and you put in the work, the money will, you know, the almighty dollar will come. There's a lot of people who chase the almighty dollar and some of the other, uh, karmic energies aren't taken care of in the process. And, and there's a reason you have thrived for so long. And, and I appreciate that that's where you're coming from. What, what makes loyalty brands stand out aside from your, um, relentless leadership and, and, and great vibe at the top of the food chain. What makes loyalty brands stand out from its competition? Yeah, there are, there are, um, about 40 or 50 different groups that have multiple franchisors amongst them. And, uh, one there's, there's a couple differentiators, two or three different differentiators that make us special. Uh, number one is we do mentoring. We've, uh, not, not only myself provides mentoring, we have, we have CEO class, for example, I don't know of any CEO classes in this country. I know of hundreds of MBA programs and thousands of business courses, but no one teaches you to think like a CEO, right? No one teaches you in, you're in the arena and you're fighting how to, I mean, how to fight. They're, they're just talking to you about theories and how you treat people and so forth. So we, we teach people and mentor them. And in, um, in every one of our brands, they get a mentor and someone to give them guidance and all the mentors report to me. So they're always getting that guidance, uh, 12 months a year, 365, they're, they're, um, uh, being, being, uh, guided into making the right kind of decisions and that that's not easy that's i mean it's very difficult the, the 
And so well, that's one of the things uh, is mentoring. Secondly, is we provide franchise development. So uh, we go out and get franchisees. In in this country, the, the average franchise, not the average, but to be in the top 50% of all franchise chains in this country, you only need 20 locations. Well, that's, I mean, that's unbelievable. I mean, most franchisors fail. And I brought in for the last 30, 37 years uh, in franchising, I brought in an average of 12 a month, 150 a year for 37 years. And, and uh, so contrast that into the, the typical franchisor that brings in three a year. I mean, so we're, we're way ahead of, of others in bringing in franchise. Then uh, one of the things I've never seen done successfully anywhere in the world, and certainly not in the United States, is cross-marketing. Mm-hmm. That, okay, so we have one brand. For example, our largest Zoom and Grooming location has 5,000 customers. Well, guess how many of them need a tax return? <laughs> Five thousand, right? And then our, our largest tax office has 7,000 customers. And 70%, 75% of them have pets. So the the um, it it amazes me that that until I see the difficulty of getting these CEOs and these companies to to share databases and share incentives, it amazes me in a way how difficult it is to get to get companies to do cross market. So it's it's those things: sales, mentoring, cross marketing. That set us apart from anyone in the in the universe. Absolutely. Now, I would think that in the last couple of years through COVID, uh, this great resignation slash reset, whatever you want to call it, a lot of people are looking for new business opportunities. Tell me about how Loyalty Brands has been able to grow through COVID through the last couple of years. Yeah, uh, like most companies. We were most of our brands were shut down for a, a period during COVID, and uh, of course there was a recession. Well, recessions are actually good for new business startups. Uh, people that are laid off are um, often they're they're um, disappointed with the their the career okay. that I don't want to ever happen again. I want to take control of my own destiny. So during recessions, we uh, franchisors, great companies grow faster or, or grab more market share in recession than they do when times are good. For example, at Liberty Tax in the, the Great Recession of, of 2008, 2009, when, for example, Starbucks closed 650 locations, we opened at Liberty Tax over 700 locations. We were the fastest growing company in the country. Because during recession, you don't have to buy a fancy cup of coffee. You don't have to buy a new car or a refrigerator or house, but you do have to file your taxes. And so that's one of the three certainties in life is, is taxes. And so it's um, the, the recession-proof or resistant aspect of our businesses is very helpful during recession. Uh, there's a lot of companies go out of business, and again, it's easier to gain market share during a recession than it is when times are good. When times are good, you know, the uh, the high tide floats all boats. It's it's at low tide where you really uh, you really are challenged. 
I have to ask, everyone says death and taxes. What's the third certainty? Yeah, Dennis Raitley wrote this uh, uh, about 35 years ago, and I liked it so much I had him come in a keynote speaker for me at uh, Jackson Hewitt when I was at Jackson Hewitt. But he said, you know what? There's always going to be change. There's always going to be change. And uh, and in my career, there's um, it changes if not every minute, every hour, every day, every week, there's always going to be changes. And yes, so it's death, tax, and change. Well, I, Benjamin I, Franklin said, you know, he invented uh, 1776, death and taxes. And Dennis Whaley, about 35 years ago, added to that. And and that's true. I believe that, and I've seen it. No, I, I, I heartily agree. I, I think anomalies are actually the norm in reality, you know, Trying to do this exact same thing the same way every single day is not really natural, right? That's not that's not how nature works, and we're we're constantly uh, shown that every day. COVID was certainly uh, a disruptor of epic proportions for most people. Um, is there a particular sort of company or size of company that you work best with at Loyalty Brands? Most of the companies we brought in have been close to startups, uh, and. Um, there's a there's a number of reasons for that, but one reason certainly is what, what I've found in my career is that established executives get I call it a CEO syndrome. They think they're supposed to know everything, and so they don't listen. You know, it, and I watch in my industry, for example, H and R Block has had nine CEOs in the 21st century. Jackson Hewitt has had nine CEOs in the 21st century. Since I left in 2018, Liberty's had three CEOs. And each and every one comes in, and I'm I'm just almost flat. If it wasn't happening time after time, I would be flabbergasted. Because you would think, and all of the, almost all of them came in with no industry experience. So out of the, the 21, 19 had no industry experience. They came from McDonald's or or General Electric, or they came from other industries. If, if it were me, the first thing I would do was take my experts, people who have been in, in the business for decades, and say, okay, how can we change this company? Because I have a novel belief that most of the improvements in any company are already known by the rank and file. No one except no one listens to that. No one pays any attention. And and for my money, the person closest to the customer knows better than I do what the customer needs. And I know the big picture way better, but they know and you gotta listen to people. And all of and and it seems like I I've even I've even promoted some myself and I took a person who before they became CEO, they listened and they improved it. But it seems like you get this disease where you're appointed CEO and you're, you're, you're okay, now I, I know everything because I'm CEO. And they stopped listening. And so that's, that's, a, uh, that's, that's a major impediment to improvement. And, and I think to have the best system, it has to be an improving system. And so... We're committed to, to two things, and and you've already you've already mentioned one earlier, and that's um, having fun. Life's too short, 
So our mission statement is is uh, very simple. It's four words. It's having fun. I think if you go to work on Monday morning, you're not looking forward to it. You're going to the wrong place. So having fun, improving life. And that's that's our simple mission mission statement. It's easy to remember, and it's it's uh, we're fanatically committed to that. Oh, that, that, that's huge. You know, company culture is everything. You, you talk about CEOs acting as if they know everything. There are a lot of people who are further down the food chain who may have the seeds of ideas that could make the, the business explode, but either they don't know how to present those ideas or they feel that they live in a, they work in a situation where those ideas have to be presented as having come from someone above them, right? They have, someone else needs to take credit for that idea. So the, so the conversation never gets had. So if, if the energy at the top of the food chain is like yours, which is, Hey, we're all, we're all in this, we're listening, then everybody succeeds, right? Then, then, then people at the, at the bottom of the food chain chain feel heard. And the people at the top of the food chain actually understand what's going on on a day-to-day basis basis. So uh, I, I applaud your your foresight. Uh, hey, there's reasons you've been doing this as long as you have and as, as successfully as you have. Um, what role has content marketing played in the growth of loyalty brands? How are you getting your story out there? You know, that's one of the advantages that we have that uh, uh, without, before we talk to marketing, let's talk about uh, reach and footprint. Sure. I brought in 5,000 franchisees. So um, I've had those 5,000 franchisees have had 250,000 employees. And so whenever I go anywhere, if I go to, if, you know, next week I'm going to be in Miami on Sunday, Tampa on Monday, Houston on Tuesday, Wednesday, Dallas, and Thursday, Vegas. Wherever I go, I have people that have worked for me in one of my previous lives in, in Jackson, New York, or Liberty, or even sometimes Blanc. Um, so uh, we have access to a lot of great people who believe in me. And uh, so the uh, we just need to get, get that story out. And so we do it in every, every uh, vehicle that you can think of. I mean, we've, we've used in the past, we've used things as crazy as a blip. We've had our, our blip. We use costume characters. We haven't, you know, Jackson at Liberty, they have a Liberty Statue of Liberty waiver. Oh, I, yeah. I've yeah. seen them. Yep. <laughs> at Apex, we have an Eagle waiver. So we use every, every means possible to get the words out. But we don't, we don't advertise the loyalty brands very much because it's sort of like um, Yum Brands. Yum Brands, for those of your listeners that are, or, or viewers that aren't familiar, they own Taco Bell and Kentucky Fried Chicken and Pizza Hut. And, but you never hear of the phrase Yum Brands because they don't really care. And so we want, we want uh, to get the names out of ATAX and Ledger's Bookkeeping and Zim and Grumman and Inspection Voice. We want to get our each of our brands out. And so each of them has their own their own methods of, of getting out and and beginning to establish moving all of them are moving towards 
national brand names. Excellent. Excellent. All right, switch gears entirely. What is something you would like to be celebrating personally and professionally one year from today? Our goal is to have a, a thousand offices. And so that our short-term goal, our, our long, I mean, we have, we have long-term goals and I'm, I'm uh, a big, big proponent of big, hairy, audacious goals. And you know, I, I, I say I, I walk the line of crazy and the tightrope of crazy because, um, you know, I was, I was doing a, uh, conversation with one of my employees and we had retreats every year. And at one retreat, he was very negative and on the first time he came and I told his boss, I didn't want him to come to the next planning retreat. He said, oh, he'll be good. He'll be good. I promise. And I said, well, I want to talk to him beforehand. And um, so he and his boss and I had a conversation. I said, are you a pessimist or an optimist? And he said, I consider myself a realist. So that surprised me. I was taken aback for a minute. And then I said, do you know, James, that when I started loyalty or, or liberty tax in the United States, I had to compete against 6,000 HR blogs and 3,000 Jackson Hewitts, my own name and my own software, my own system, and two national names. And we had nothing. We had no officers. Now, what sane person would believe that we could go out and compete on a level plate, let alone grow faster? And James, we grew faster than both of them combined, right? And who would believe that? You got to be crazy. So when we make our goals, Andrew, we start out with high audacious goals and then we cut it 10 years, then we go down to five and then three and then one year. So our goal in 12 months is to have a thousand locations. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, and, and personally, what would you like to be celebrating a year from now? Personally? Yeah. I have, my goals are, are, um, to, uh, to, um, do more for every person than they do for me and to have people pay it forward. I've already created a thousand, I've helped, I, I say created a thousand millionaires. I've enabled, enabled a thousand couples or individuals to become millionaires with my systems and my support. So I've changed lives. I mean, you know, most people my age are long retired and that I, God bless them, that's fine. And I have no, if someone, if that's their goal in life is to work hard and be retired, God bless them. But with me, I, I when I was young, I thought I would be, I knew I was going to be rich. I just didn't know how. And then I found HR Block and tax preparation and franchising and the rest is history. But I thought I'd just retire. But I was 16, so I, mean, I was cocky. I was, okay, I'm going to get rich. And then oh, I'll just make a few million and retire. And then I found out, what am I going to do? The, I learned that it isn't the treasure at the end of the rainbow that's 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 anticlimactic. It's the journey. It's the fifteen-year journey at at Jackson Hewitt. It's the twenty-year journey at at Liberty. It's the four-year journey at Loyalty Brands. The, that's the, that's the the joy. And if you if you miss that and just for, look for that treasure, boy, is life going to pass you by fast. 
So you better enjoy every step of the the journey. So I have no no um, goals that matter. In I mean, I'm goal driven, and I'm I'm fanatical. And and the name of my book is I compete. So winning is black and white with me. I mean, winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. So I have my goals, and but but my real goal is to um, uh, enjoy the journey and improve lives. Having fun, improving lives. Well, I I can see that you you derive true joy out of the relationships and out of helping people thrive, and uh, that's some good karma you're sporting there, sir. And I, I appreciate your time today. Please tell everyone what the URL is for Loyalty Brands and what social media channels you're using these days as well. You can find us virtually on every social media, of course, but most most of all, I'm on LinkedIn and, and Facebook, uh, but I'm, we're virtually on everything, and it's, it's just loyaltybrands.com. Excellent. John Ewart, founder and CEO of Loyalty Brands, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. I truly appreciate who you are and what you do and all the people you have helped thrive, and I hope each and every one of them is paying it forward. Thank you, Andrew. Have a great day. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io, and schedule a time to meet with us, and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.